When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Our number two of a numbers game at VSIN. The Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, all proudly brought to you from Bar Canada, the D, downtown Las Vegas. What's your favorite right. part about downtown Las Vegas, Kelly? That's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. I enjoy Fremont Street just overall. The whole Fremont experience, if you will. Okay? It's quite the experience. <laughs> it is. Yes. Have you done the Slotzilla? Have you done the zip line yet? No, I haven't. We talked about that yesterday. Yeah. No, I'm not doing that. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to get stuck in the middle of Fremont Street with everybody just walking under and they'll be like, look at that. Look at that fat guy just dangling around up there. I just want to read a couple of these before we get to Felica here. Uh, Blue Hen Bill on Twitter. Thank you for all uh, we get tweets at uh, Beating the Book. Regarding the Browns 49ers game, we used to call that the big dog and over. Basically handicap how many points the dog should score and those points to add those points rather to how many points the favorite should score. If that total goes over, then bet the dog and the over straight. Is that don't you do that for every game? Uh, Blue Hen Bill use, uh, continues. He goes, use that regularly before the rules changed uh, to favor the offense would hit about 65% clip, at least split. Once the rules change, it was worthless because the dogs would need to score too many points. Did you follow that? No. Okay. Uh, Asian <laughs> I'm LeBaron. sure it made sense. <laughs> I'm sure it made sense. I'm sorry, Blue. I'm sorry, Blue Hen Bill. Uh, Asian Lebowski. I wanted to shame Matt Brown about the weather, but I couldn't think of any words that represented my that represented my disappointment strong enough. <laughs> Love guy in Michigan. P.S. Get off my lawn. And this from Jamie Leva, who says, I feel like we might need someone to follow Matt Brown after the show just to make sure of no shenanigans. <laughs> He's, he's meeting his Balco rep right now, probably. We don't, <laughs> not tailing him. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, he is the bear. You can see him uh, not only uh, college game day uh, back in the day, of course, but now um, on the college football broadcast at Fox each and every Sunday. And he's got his two podcasts, the Bear Bets pod, college football and pro football versions. The college football version comes out Thursday. The pro football version comes out on Friday. He is Chris Felica. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing well. And I wanted to add another layer to this uh, field goal experience here. We, we have to we have a helmet for for Matt to wear. I got to get him like a Stanford helmet. Oh, that's a great or, call. Or maybe or, or maybe Derek has a Michigan helmet lying around somewhere oh, that we can. Uh, we're so on stupid. We should have done that. Yeah, yeah you're like right. You without a helmet, you need, we need the full experience. So what is it? Single handlebar helmet? Yeah, it might be a decent one left over exactly. at the South Point. Yeah. Studio. All right, you you over to South Point. You grab that horse. Yeah, sure. Of course. You uh, all right, Chris. I want to ask you this before we get to the big games on Saturday. We do have this is what so we've had two consecutive Fridays now 
uh, obviously there's no NFL, but no baseball postseason either. So I don't know if you're you're like me, but like for those of us who are just uh, have no lives and just want to bet sports, Friday we're, I mean, you just sort of like walk around aimlessly. But we do have three college football games tonight: Tulane, Memphis, Stanford, Colorado, prime against Stanford here, and Fresno State, Utah State. Do you have anything on any of these three games today? I, I know uh, Will Hill on the uh, on the Bear Bets Pod made a. Uh a good case for Stanford on the, uh, on the pod. And I, I don't know if I could get there just because Stanford is so inept offensively, but the, uh, the Colorado defense certainly isn't very good. I, I guess with anything tonight, I, I might lay that lay the four and a half with, with Tulane against Memphis. That would, might be the one that I like the most. I don't know how great this Memphis team really is. And, and I think as the year goes on, Pratt's getting healthier. And, and I think Tulane is just better than Memphis. And it's not like there's a, it's up to five now. I see it, it's not like there's a massive home field edge uh, for the Tigers in Memphis. So of, of, of all of those games tonight, uh, I guess I would like Tulane minus the five. Best. Okay. But I, I forced you to answer that question. It's not like you have a player. It's not in your betting. Account. Yeah, no, okay. No, yeah. Not, not, nothing. Yeah. Nothing that I have played. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll be sitting here. Actually, I'm in a casino right now. I'm at the, uh, Really? Four Winds Casino in South Bend, Indiana, is where we're uh, where we're staying oh. for Big Noon this week. Prior to prior to Notre Dame, so I might have to uh, maybe kick that game in downstairs later tonight. Well, let's talk about that then. USC Notre Dame, which traditionally is one of the great non-conference rivalries in the history of college football. Notre Dame uh, five and two now, having gotten beat by Louisville and USC in in a late night thriller ekes by Arizona in overtime 42 to 40 they remain undefeated will they be undefeated for much longer i guess is the question Ugh, I, I i don't like the game i guess if i had to play something here uh, i might look at the uh, the under 59 and a half i, I know the sc defense has been uh, really bad but i'm not sure if zach branch is going to play for the trojans and that clearly will hinder their offense against the best defense that they've uh, face this year. I, I think Notre Dame's obviously their best chance to win is short in this game, uh, run behind SMA, get those tight ends involved, and, and just kind of keep Caleb Williams and that SC offense off the field. So, uh, look, I, I know it's one of those odd lines where the two-loss team is favored over the 6-0. and We're on the top, top 10 team, I guess they are now. But typically, when you see that, those, those undefeated teams typically go down if you go back in, in the college football playoff, playoff era. There's the 6-0 teams uh, that have been an underdog to a team with at least two losses. 11 of the 14 have lost. So uh, I don't know if I want to call SC an underdog with fleas or not. I don't know how much of a case has been made for the Trojans since then. But, but if I had to play something tomorrow night, I would look at the under, anticipating some, some precipitation and maybe some foggy-like conditions. 59 and a half, that number that we're showing up on the screen. All right, what about the uh, the Pac-12 clash? Uh, beyond USC, there are two other undefeateds in the Pac-12. Of course, that's Oregon and Washington. Bo Nix, Michael Penix, this is at UW. Uh, the Huskies are three-point favorites. Your thoughts on that one? Yeah, a, a, lot of, a lot of people making the case for Oregon in, in this game, and I don't disagree with it. I, I think Oregon is better up front uh, on both sides of the ball, but obviously you do have uh, a road game in a very hostile environment. And, and I think uh, with, with Washington uh, at home and that receiving core, uh, can they get this game into a, into a track? I mean, I think that's what UW is really looking for. Whereas Oregon, I think is more content to kind of lean on that ground game and, tr- and try and shorten this game as well. 
if if I had to play the game, I, I would side with with most people and take Oregon plus the points. But really, no. Would it surprise me if UW won this game by double digits? No. I'm sorry for being wishy washy. I don't have a a real strong feel. But if you're in one of those pick'em contests where you just had to kind of circle a team, I would go with Oregon, who I do think is the better team and has kind of been been pissed off for about a year the way they let that game last year get away. Random aside, because Futex said it was Bo Nix, and I challenged him on this, but who's the better pro prospect between those two quarterbacks? I would think it's probably Panix. I, I, I think his, his ability to throw, I, I think, is better than Bo Nix. Now, I'm sure everyone's going to dissect every single play of every game as we get down to uh, silly season and draft talk, but uh, I would, I would think Penix would have a better chance to succeed than Bo Nix, don't you? I would, yeah. That's why I was like so curious that he said that. Then he kind of backtracked on it, so I should say he... he of course he did. He, yeah, he did, he did sort of moon, we we moonwalk after that. All right, uh, I'll, start, I'll stop uh, throwing them out. What are your favorite bets of the weekend? Yeah, I, I like LSU minus the 11 against Auburn. I know the LSU defense is horrible, but at the same time, you're, you're going against an Auburn passing game right now, which is kind of about prehistoric, anemic, whatever the uh, the adjective is that you want to use to describe it. And, and that's good because LSU's weakness on defense is their secondary, which is depleted uh, and shorthanded. In three games against Power 5 teams this year, Auburn has thrown for 238 yards in those three games. Like, they don't have the playmakers. They don't have the quarterback. That's to total. Be able to really that's not an average. Total, that's total. 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 Yeah. Right through 238 total in those three games. So, I don't see any way they can match LSU point for point here. So I'm going to lay the 11 uh, with, with LSU in this game. And then another double-digit favorite that I like as well is Air Force uh, against Wyoming. I think a lot of people before the year, uh, I can't remember who was Brad Powers. It might have been uh, Paul Stone as well. Very, very high on Air Force. And it is, it's manifested. Air Force has been dominant. They blew out San Diego State uh, a couple of weeks back. The only caveat here might be if you're worried about going to Annapolis next week, maybe they're looking ahead uh, to the CIC game. But this is an undefeated team, but they got a chance to run the table here. Maybe this is a, a Mountain West Conference preview game. But, but if you look at Wyoming, like their rush defense has kind of been a little shaky at times. They gave up like eight yards a carry against New Mexico, who is not a very good team, over 210 yards on the ground to App State. So I, I think their inability potentially to get this Air Force attack off the field could could be a problem. So I, I lay the double digits with the with, with Air Force and, and and a couple of ugly dogs potentially as well. I took Syracuse plus seventeen and a half against FSU. Uh, I know I was on the absolute wrong side last week, and I, I see Kelly shaking his head as well. Very 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 <laughs> mean of me. Wrong very side. mean of you to dis- Very very mean of you to disagree with my pick. Called him out. But, That's uh, awesome. <laughs> seriously, like. If you look at Florida State since that dominant second half against LSU, they nearly gave a game away against BC. The Clemson game, Dabo helped Florida State immensely with some mismanagement in that game. And even the Virginia Tech game last week, they got up three scores early. You think they're going to sell. Next thing you know, you look up at the five-point game in the third quarter before they ultimately pulled away again. Syracuse was so bad last week that you'd think that this is a good opportunity for the Orange to play a top five team on the road as a big underdog and kind of say, hey, you know what? We're not as bad as we indicated uh, last week. So I, I took Syracuse plus the points. Remember, too, 
FSU has their big game against Duke next week. Not that maybe FSU is looking ahead to that game, but 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 you could maybe take your foot off the gas a little mm-hmm. bit late in that game if indeed you are double up double digits. And because I've just made I, I kind of ridiculed Kelly's alma mater, I'm going to ridicule my own here. Uh, Miami, what that was last week wow. was wow. practice inexcusable. You'll never see another loss like that. I'm, I'm sure again. However, in this game of college football that we all love so much, the most, the most, this is college football result of the weekend <laughs> would be Miami going to Chapel Hill and winning. Wow. Um, I, I took Miami plus the four here. Wow. Um, I'm, I, I think this is a great chance for them to get back in the ACC race. So uh, I, I did uh, back my canes here plus four. Oh, you faked me out. I thought you were going to fade them. Okay. You're backing them. All right. Chris Velika, Bear Bet Spot, and of course, uh, big noon Saturday, every Saturday uh, on Fox. He's at uh, South Bend for the uh, Notre Dame USC game. Thank you, Chris. Take care, guys. Have fun with Bob. Dr. Bob, the analytical viewpoint next. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungles closing in? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to land.com, find your open space, and get out there. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VSIN.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? Well, the betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes, so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, yet another way that VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. We get tweets at beating the book. This is from uh, Mariner's Geek. He said, Mein Kampf, Gil? I think you meant mea culpa. Oh, when I was talking about the Marty Brenneman thing? Is it Tom yeah. Brenneman or Marty Brenneman? No, I meant, I meant Mein Kampf. Like, mea culpa might have been better, right? A better choice, because it's, you know, my fault. But I was, I did mean my struggle for various reasons. Yeah. I'll let you determine what those were. Uh, Tom Stefan, let's see, Butker bailed him out, but Reed's decision to pass on third down, resulting uh, in a sack and turning a 40-yard field goal into a 52-yard field goal attempt, was as bad a decision as any NFL coach this year. Very little upside, but tons of risk. Yeah, I, I, I get your point. What he was referring to is they were in much more chip shot field goal range, and Mahomes didn't get like immediately like when they on third down, he had the defender in his face. Is this the end of the first half? No, this is the end of the game. Oh, end the, of the game. The end of the game, okay. meaning when it was 16 to 8, yeah, right, right. right up to the two-minute warning. Um, I don't know that I can completely blame Andy Reid. Like, Patrick Mahomes bears some responsibility, too, for not getting rid of that ball. But, um, yeah, it was, it was done after the field goal was made from Yeah, he was 52. calling it out before him. They picked it up on the broadcast. 
Yeah, he's calling out the blitz. Cover zero, cover zero. That's he's right. yelling it That's out. That's right. He was. Like, yeah. throw the ball away then, yeah, Mahomes. Zach, you know it's coming. Zach Allen was the one who uh, who sacked him. But yeah, Butker did bail them out with the absolutely right with a 52-yard field goal. And then two plays later, Wilson to P. Ryan, and he was he fumbled, and that was the end of that. But yes, uh, th- there is blame, but I wouldn't blame Andy Reid for all of it. Bill Beard uh, can't decide which I want to see more. Kelly doing the zip line or Gillian Crack doing a tandem skydive. You guys could raise <laughs> a lot of money for a charity. Just saying. The, the tandem skydive is maybe the funniest thing ever. But I was told Crack, I was like, dude, there's no way you're on top of me. No, <laughs> stop it. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, he is a pioneer in using predictive algorithms and models to predict sports. Uh, He can be found at drbobsports, drbobsports.com. He is Dr. Bob Stoll. How you doing, Bob? I'm doing all right. How are you guys? Doing very well. Got to get you on a Megapod. Talk some NFL this year. That's coming up. I know. I know you're very. Right. I know you're very excited about that. Uh, okay. Super we, excited. So I can tell. I can sense someone should check your pulse. You're so excited about it. All right. Tonight, I started this way with Felica. I'm going to start this way with you. There are three college football games tonight. Do you have a play on any of them? I have a play on a couple of them. Um, one of them, the first one, is Tulane and Memphis, and I I released Tulane at minus three and a half. I didn't feel like waiting for three because I didn't think it was ever going to get there. So I. At least at three and a half, it's up to five now, and it should be higher. I still think it's a good bet at, at five. I mean, I didn't expect Tulane to be as good as they've been this season, uh, you know, as good as they were last year. I mean, they were 12-2 and two last year, beat USC in a bowl game. Uh, they lost a great running back. I didn't think they're, you know, I, I didn't, certainly didn't think their offense would be nearly as good, and it hasn't been. What's been, what's been a surprise is Tulane's defense has been really good. It's not that much of a surprise because the defensive coordinator that came over is Sheil Woods. And he spent one season at Troy, and Troy's defense last year was phenomenally good, even on a national scale, not just the Sun Belt team, but on a national scale, uh, Troy had a great defense last year, and Shieldwoods has come over to Tulane. They're allowing just 17.5 points a game. The one seemingly poor defensive game was the 37 points they allowed to Ole Miss when they had their backup quarter, when Tulane had their backup quarterback. But 37 points is misleading. They only gave up 5.8 yards per play to the Rebels. The Rebels would average 7.1 yards per play on the road against an average FBC, FBS team. So that was a really good defensive game. And the, and the defense, other than that, has been really solid every single game. Uh, they've been 0.7 yards per play, better than average defensively, and that's compensated for who they played, which is really good on a national level, not just an American you know, athletic conference level. So they've been super good. Uh, defensively, and Memphis offense is not as good as it seems. They're averaging 6.0 yards per play in FBS games, but the defenses they face would allow 6.1 yards per play to an average offense, so they've been mediocre at best offensively, and I think Tulane defense will, will handle uh, the Memphis offense. And you remember Tulane had, uh, was without Michael Pratt for a couple games, which sort of brought down their rating, I guess, but in the three games that Pratt has played, they've scored 37 points, 36 points, and 35 points. Um, I don't think their offense is as good as I mentioned because they lost their star running back from last year. Um, but they are better than average again. Uh, not as good as last year, but 0.7 yards to play better than average in the two games since Pratt returned from injury. Uh, and they were even much better than that in the opener against South Alabama where, where Pratt was nearly perfect in that game. But I think about plus 0.7 yards per play better than average is about normal. So they're, they're really good on both sides of the ball. And Memphis has a terrible defense. I mean, they, they stopped Arkansas State in week two, but Arkansas State hadn't switched quarterbacks yet, and they were they were dreadful those first couple games with their with the original starting quarterback. And since then, they've given up an average of 598 yards and 7.5 yards per play in three games. 
two, Missouri is a good offensive team, but Navy, Boise State are the other teams. Those three teams are combined to average 5.9 yards per play against an average defense, so giving up 7.5 yards per play the last three games against those three teams is dreadful. Uh, so Tulane's going to be able to score. On the, you know, they're going to move the ball on the ground. They can move it through the air when they need to. And you know, Tulane scored 30-plus points in nine at Pratt's 11, last 11 starts, and they're going to get in the mid-30s in this game, and Memphis is not going to score a ton against the good Tulane defense. So I, I think it's a double-digit win, and land five is, is good value, I think. All right. Did Felica just not say that if he had to play a Friday night game, it would be Tulane yeah. as well? Yeah. yeah. Oh, we didn't plan that. Corroboration Boom. from both an analytical and Four and a half. I'm in, Bob. Let's uh, go. There you go. Kelly's in. Uh, you did say you liked something else tonight, right? Did you want to touch on that real quick or no? Yeah, I, I released Utah State earlier in the week. Um, once I kind of got wind um, that Fresno's quarterback was, was likely not going to play, he was in a boot uh, on Tuesday's practice. I waited for Wednesday. He was in a boot on Wednesday's practice. I guess I should have released it on Sunday, when, <laughs> on Monday morning when the line was seven, but uh, that, that went away really quick. Um, so I ended up getting... Uh, I think I got plus five with uh, plus five with that one. Um, I still see value at plus four and a half. Uh, Utah State's actually been a, been a pretty good team this year. Um, if you look at their numbers, I mean they've been solid. They beat Colorado. Colorado State's a decent team, and they they beat up on Colorado State last week. Um, and Utah State's been good on both sides of the ball. Uh, they, Cooper Lagos is back at quarterback, and he's completing like 68% of his passes and throwing the ball down the field. And he's a good runner. The defense has been solid. Um, so I don't think. Uh, Fresno's been pretty pretty mediocre, even with Mikey Keene at quarterback. So I would have taken Utah State plus the points, even with Keene at quarterback. But obviously, I like them a bit more with him out. So uh, that was the other play I made tonight. Okay, what do you like best tomorrow? You know, I like Miami of Florida, despite their oh. head coach. Uh, I, yeah, I, 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 um, I say that out loud because Felica just like we did not plan this. I promise you, do we not plan this? But we have corroboration on two. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Bob. Yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously everybody knows the story. They could have run out the clock. Instead, they gave up, uh, they, they fumbled it and gave up 74 yards in four plays and lost the game. And the game shouldn't even been close. I mean, my, before, before the chance they had to kneel down, which they should have done, Miami had outgained Georgia Tech by 270 yards. It should not have even been a close game at that point, but they had a bunch of turnovers and that's the only reason it was close. And then of course they turned it over again when they shouldn't have and lost that game. And I think that's given us line value. I think people are kind of down on Miami, but Miami is better than North Carolina in every facet of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, North Carolina's strength is, oh, they have, you know, Drake may a quarterback and he's a great quarterback and they have a great offense. I mean, may has averaged 8.2 yards per pass play a little inflated because there was a 77 yard tipped pass twice tipped uh, by the defense into uh, a North Carolina player went 77 yards. He'd only be averaging 7.8 yards per pass play. If not for that lucky uh, touchdown last week. And they've been 0.6 yards per play better than average offensively when accounting for opposing defenses. Well, Miami's quarterback has averaged 9.2 yards per play in four FBS games. And, um, they're 1.3 yards per play better than an average offense. So they're significantly better offensively than North Carolina has been this year. And North Carolina's defense better this season. They're 0.4 yards per play better than an average team. Miami's defense is 0.9 yards per play better than an average team in FBS games. And it would be better than that if not for the 74 yards they gave up at the end of last week. Um, so Miami has a better passing game. The rushing attack is half a yard per play, per rushing play better. And they have a better defense. Um, Van Dyke threw three interceptions last week, which is uncharacteristic. Both quarterbacks have four interceptions on the season, so it's not like that's a consistent advantage. Um, I just 
think Miami's just a better team all around and getting three. I, I got three and three, uh, three and a half points, but still plus three. And I like Miami to win straight up. Wow, Miami better in every facet of the game than UNC. Maybe not end of game coaching management. We should point exactly, out. except for yeah. coaching. I should have said except for coaching. Yeah. Um, you ever seen anything like that, Bob? Before ever? Were you involved in that game? Yeah. Cristobal did that. Yeah, against Oregon. At Oregon against, Oregon, against, against Stanford. Stanford. Right. Not yeah, same thing. Say almost the yeah. exact same thing. Almost. Not almost. Yeah. yeah, that wasn't quite as clear cut. Yeah. But he could have taken a knee there and got it down to like a couple seconds That's against right. Stanford back in the day. That's right. Um, and didn't. They fumbled. Stanford tied it and, and won in overtime. So yeah. Stanford had. <laughs> he, he's done. That's, That's right. Stanford kicked a kicked a field goal and then won it in overtime. Stanford had, would have had. Yeah. yeah, they had one timeout, so they would have had the ball. They would have had. Yeah, they would have had a, a few seconds, and they might have been. Just run that out with the punter or something, yep. or take quarterback and run backwards twenty yards around the clock. I mean, amazing, absolutely amazing. Yeah, I remember I had Stanford in that game, so I was like, "Yeah, please." I, t- I think <laughs> I remember that you had Stanford in that game. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Dr. Bob, everybody, right here exclusively on a numbers game at Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Talk some baseball on the other side. Jason Weingarten from Under a Cloud of Smoke, right here at Beeson. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no sweat same game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code Vegas when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. It's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Bidlin hanging out at Bar Canada at the D. Let's talk some baseball. From under a cloud of smoke in Southern California, you can follow him on Twitter at Spreadopedia. It's Jason Weingarten, everybody. How you doing, Jason? Good morning. How's it going? Doing doing very well, man. So uh, I'll ask this again now that the uh, division series are all over. Now that the the Braves are done, the Dodgers got swept, the Orioles obviously got swept. I'll ask it one more time. Does baseball, let's just take betting aside for a second, does baseball need to change the format of the postseason? No. I mean, if anything, it should go to less teams, less wild cards and seven round, you know, seven, seven game series for the so, division and, well, and the championship. Yeah, well, that's round, what I mean. But, so they do need to change it. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, you well, got no, they need, they need to go backwards, but that's not how sports works. You never go backwards. Yeah. You always, you know, you're always expanding, but, not but that's contracting. What I'm, what I'm getting from a lot of people is, oh, they don't need to change anything. Yeah, but they do need to go to best of sevens or perhaps, yeah, no, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I do think they need to go to best of sevens. I do. I really do. Because it's like 162 versus best of three, best well, of would five. It, would it would go into best of seven have changed anything for the Dodgers or the Orioles? I don't, maybe, I don't think maybe so. Not, maybe not, right? Maybe not. But it's like the, it's what I was saying about the Miami Heat earlier in the week. Because it's best of seven, Everybody's cool with the Heat beating the the Bucks and the Celtics. Like it's like, whoa, they beat the Bucks in five. You know, they beat the Celtics in seven after being up three nothing. Everybody's cool with that. But if those were best of three and best of five, I bet you people might have the same reaction. They'd be like, eh. Best. By the way, the NBA used to do best of threes in the early '80s. They they abolished it because they're like, we can't we can't have this. You know, so there is a precedent for. Going I think away, I read the the book Lords of Baseball, which mm-hmm. talks a lot about the the 1980s and Peter Ubroth and the commissioner. And and if you if you read that book, I think you understand why owners want these kind of more wild card teams and more variance in the playoffs. And it it, it benefits in keeping salaries down long term. If if you win 100 games and don't win championship, you don't even come close. Then the owner is justified in saying, why do I have to put more money into this? You know, you already won 100 games. 
That is, and look that, where it got. It's such a it's such a great point because we don't make that enough. Like if you know any players in baseball personally, they love when the big payroll teams win. Right? It's the opposite. They love when the big payroll teams win the World Series because it justifies the big salaries. So the exact cousin of what you're saying right there. Uh, that's fascinating. You know, from an owner's perspective, it's like wow. This is what it's all about in the end. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Well, I mean, yeah. like you already think about it. You're already spending like yeah. a couple hundred million dollars, and your your front office guy says, "Hey, we need another fifty million dollars to you know win chase." You say, "Well, why am I spending this money? I'm already, you know, I'm already in two hundred million dollars. Look what it's getting me." Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's talk about the uh, the championship series. And as Jeff Passan uh, tweeted, it is the the lowest combined season win total. Um, in terms of uh, the games, one of the four remaining teams in baseball, it begins on Sunday. We don't have baseball till Sunday, by the way. Three hundred fifty-four wins, the fewest ever for the final four teams of the playoffs. American League Championship Series begins in Houston on on Sunday. We only know that Justin Verlander will be going for the Astros. It's minus one forty-two. We don't know if it's Eovaldi. We don't know who's going for the Rangers yet. Minus one forty-two in Game One. The Astros in the series are minus one forty. The Rangers are plus one twenty at DraftKings. Do you have a feel on game one? Obviously, we don't know the the, the uh, you know opposing pitcher or the series in general. I like the Rangers here. Slightly biased because I'm holding the Rangers World Series future. I think it's it's my only kind of World Series future anything at this point. Um, but I, I, I wonder, do we know anything about Max Scherzer? Is he going to be on the roster? Is he potentially going to be on the roster? We do not um, have definitive word on that. We do not know. He, he of course, wants to go. He wants to go game one. Uh, if not that, obviously, mid-series. But, you know, Bruce Bochy will have a lot to say about that. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, maybe you hold him back for, you know, let him get a little healthier. And, you know, you need him down the stretch or something. But, um, you know, he's absolutely the kind of guy you can turn the table and at least just having his presence and knowing that you have to face Max Scherzer in game three or four is, you know, psychologically an advantage. He's he's still Max Scherzer, even if his numbers have not been what they were in the past. The yeah, latest quote we have from Boach is uh, Max is doing well here. He had a nice outing Wednesday through 60 pitches in that area. Uh, we have some time here before we set the roster, but I have to be really encouraged with how he threw the ball, how he feels. So read the tea leaves on that. There's your uh, yeah, it's a good start. Yeah. Uh, OK, what about the National League series? So that begins on Monday and the days of the quadruple headers and the triple headers and even uh, two games in one day are over uh, right now. So this starts on Monday. Phillies are minus one seventy series favorites. That's where it's settled in against the Diamondbacks. We don't have pitchers announced for this one on either side. Um, we might be able to assume, but let's not do that. But for the series, it's minus 170 with the Diamondbacks plus 145 on the comeback at DraftKings. Your thoughts on this one? Diamondbacks got it done versus the Dodgers. They could probably compete with the Phillies here. You know, seven games, like you said, it's it's knocked knock down sort of. This is this is where the, the real battle kind of is when you get to a seven game series. Um, but the Phillies, you you do have to keep in mind the Phillies are completely 100% built for this type of playoff baseball, you know, Harper, Turner, Castellano, Schwarber got the big bats that can hit home runs, uh, pitching, you know, they got frontline aces and the bullpen will do what bullpens do. And, you know, th- this is a team that's built to, to, to win. So not dying to play the D backs here, but game by game, you know, if you've been betting the Diamondbacks this postseason, which I'm guessing you have, Gil, you, you've been crushing. 
Uh, yeah, for me, it's been mainly the Phillies and the Astros. But yeah, there was a Diamondback, a Diamondbacks bet. It's been a great postseason. I mean, because every game yeah. they're like plus one forty. Yeah, you know, dogged Corbin Burns, uh, dogged uh, Kershaw, dogged I mean, Bobby Miller. Well, can we talk about that last night? Like, how I get it, it was Strider, but like, how were the Phillies plus money yesterday? Seriously, like, is anybody watching this stuff? I get. Well, it. I mean, it, it very much. You're getting the 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 premium on Strider, and it's the Braves. I mean, the yeah. Braves are the best team in baseball, and probably. You know, the market probably settled on that price for a good reason. And the Braves aren't a bad team. You know, none of, none of these teams, Braves, Dodgers, Rays, Orioles, these teams that all had early exits from the playoffs, none of them are particularly fundamentally bad baseball teams with the exception of maybe the, the Dodgers' lack of starting pitching by the end of the season. They had nothing, basically. Um, yeah, but but they're not bad teams. You know what I mean? No, I mean, look, the, the again, this has been one of the more take the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. We've said this before about both teams. The Rangers might might be the most schizophrenic team. Like if you look at their their whole season trajectory, Bochy even said it. He goes, I've never been involved with a team that has more ups and downs than this one. And here they are. They're on and up. The Diamondbacks, as late as late August, maybe even the first couple days of September, we're like, this team is just swooning right now. And they look fabulous, like almost too young and dumb to even get get the position they're in, right? Like not affected by anything. So yeah, I mean, look, it's baseball and, and we always knew that the postseason, uh, you know, was a different animal than the regular season. It's just the fact that it's become even way more of a different animal now when you shrink the playoffs. I want to, I want to seize on one other point, getting back to the original one, which is because you're, you're, you're locked into the Dodgers. You're a Dodgers fan. You go to a lot of their games. This applies to them. This applies to the Braves, not so much the Orioles. Cause I think the Orioles realize they're on the upswing here. But if you were, Will Hill tweeted something about this yesterday. If you're the Braves, right, you win over 100 games. Obviously, the Dodgers won over 102. And you go into spring training next year and you're like, okay, well, like, even if we win, you know, even if we win 110 games, right, like, what does any of this mean? Like, do you think like that, that sort of thinking is going to seep in? to these guys where they're just like, what, what, what are we doing? Like, what's this exercise? Do you think it will cause them to manage a regular season differently? No, not really. I mean, you still, still got to get through the whole season. It's a big slog. Maybe, maybe we get some more, uh, you know, sort of player management like we do in that load management in, in the NBA. Well, that's what I mean. But, yeah, something like that. But I mean, one of my friends actually made a good point to me earlier this week. We were talking about the Dodgers and he said, um, he's seen a lot of baseball teams like like Braves in the late 90s and, and early 2000s. Um, they lost a lot at home in the postseason because the fan base was always so anxious and it translates to the players. And he felt like there's a similar vibe at Dodger Stadium, you know, where everyone's just so anxious and expects them to win that anytime anything gets bad, you know, the players kind of feed off the, the vibe. They, um, they look to see Mary Hart's gone from her seat and they're like, oh, no, it's over. Yeah, but but then he pointed out that the best Dodgers postseason was when they were playing on the road in Texas with no fans. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's something I have to think about a little bit more. I I don't really dive that deeply, but I I do think, you know, some of these teams, Dodgers specifically, like, you know, they're not bad. They're just really bad luck. And it's got to kind of got to look into it deeper and say, how do you win 300 games in three seasons? And you know, not make a World Series. 20 seconds, your favorite football bet of the weekend, college or pro, is? Uh, 
I bet Texas A&M under 55 and a half. Uh, okay. Slow week. College football wise. Haven't bet a ton yet. Hope to kind of jump into some stuff. Maybe yeah. tomorrow live. Yeah. Half, but that, that's the best bet I made so far. NFL is slim pickings too, but Kelly and I will share our bets on the other side. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. Talk to you later. Jason Weingarten, everybody. We got our NFL bets in pocket. That's next. Numbers Game Beast in the Sports Betting Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungles closing in? You crave wide open spaces, the chance that chase your own dinner or just breathe clean air well listen up there's a whole world out there waiting and finding your piece of it just got easier head over to land.com they've got ranches forest mountains you name it search by acreage price location they've got it all no matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality so quit dreaming head over to land.com find your open space and get out there a numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. Get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our VSIN.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event, date, and more. Check the top VSIN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI, and see which VSIN expert has the hot hand for VSIN Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24 7 video access. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. Sign up today for only $19 for your first month at VSIN.com slash subscribe. It's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Bidlin. Well, Kelly, we've reached the end of the week. NFL week number six. Boom, boom, boom. Did you find, because we did the Megapod yesterday, by the way, I encourage everybody to listen to. The, the Megapod has been so good this year. Not only are Todd Wishnev and Will Hill awesome, but like the guests have brought it this year. Like every yeah. episode is fascinating from their perspective. Eric Eager was great. Aaron Schatz was great. Um, Adam Chernoff was, I mean, I'll just say, who have we had on? Adam Chernoff was wonderful. Yeah, Rufus, uh, right? Steve Fezzik, the very first week. Wes Reynolds, our own Wes Reynolds. Uh, and then yesterday was Rufus. Rufus Peabody was on. And it's just so fascinating. And we all kind of agreed that this week specifically, it's slim pickings in the NFL. Yeah. We but, felt a little bit like that last week, too. Oh, this, I knew it was coming. Yeah, the, I knew the this, hell was coming. See, I think the difference, that's the difference, though, right? The difference is we, we were both kind of collectively riding hot those first four weeks heading oh, yes. into last week. And I knew it was coming. I don't. Yeah. And you said that. Yeah. You said that. And we talked about, like, betting a little bit less. I didn't bet all that much less, though, last week. And it was, yeah, it turned into a bloodbath. I, you know, so, so we have to do three, obviously, in circa millions and in any handicapping contest. Uh, you do five ATS picks. I don't know how I'm getting to five in the contest because getting to three for the Megapod was very difficult. Oh, uh, it's chalky for me so far. I can tell you that much. Well, I was one of mine is super chalky McChalkerson. Uh, well, we talked about it all week. I'm sure we're talking about the same one. Dolphins. Yes, I'm laying at thirteen and a half. So I laid thirteen and a half on the Dolphins. Which again, do you, do you, are you going to go to the uh, what's the opposite of the poorhouse? The rich house. <laughs> are are you going to make it rich in this business? Laying thirteen and a half in the in an NFL game? No, but. In the case of the Dolphins versus the Panthers, and I get it, there's no HN. He's uh, he was placed on IR, but the Dolphins—it's the doc, Dr. Bob was just on. He likes to call teams in, whether it's 
pro football, college football, pro basketball, college basketball that beat up on teams that are worse than them, bullies, which yeah. I think is a great sort of uh, metaphor for it. And when they play someone their own size or someone that has, you know, similar talent level to them, it doesn't go quite as well. And in this case, I just think the Panthers are lost. Um, I don't think there's any way they can keep up with a Dolphins offense that even on its worst day, I mean, they could kind of name their score. Here. I, I mean, that, it's just it's very simplistic to me, yes. right? Like we have not seen. I, okay, I don't think we've seen Bryce Young's best game yet. But even if <laughs> well, his hope not, even if his best game comes yeah. this week, yeah. are the Panthers really going to be able to keep up with the pace of the Dolphins? Or, or I'll ask another way: Are the we've bar- we haven't seen a single defense really be able to slow down this Dolphins team this year? Do you think the Panthers are going to be the first one to do it? Yeah, usually to use the horse racing term, these are usually throwout games, right? When you see spreads like this. I mean, some people might even make the claim that Buffalo laying 14 and a half is a better bet against the Giants because the Giants might not have some players. I, I like the, the 13 and a half lay. I didn't touch the Bills one, but I, I laid the 13 and a half with the Dolphins. Did you bet it? Yeah. The okay, Dolph- okay, the Dolph- okay. The all right, cool. One. I didn't know if we were just talking about contests. Oh, or no, not, these, I, are, these are my three bets that I've made are the Dolphins minus 13 and a half. I did lay the four on the Ravens. I didn't get the three that Matt got, but I laid four with the Ravens in London. Um, again, Ravens having traveled on Monday, Titans just having arrived there. I'm not going to make that same mistake again with travel. Travel matters in this case. Um, you know, when when it's a Tottenham game or any game in London. No, oh, that Ravens team's getting healthy. And they're like getting healthy. Ronnie Stanley yeah. is back. Their their other offensive linemen are back. So I like the Ravens for other reasons besides the travel minus four. Uh, I took the Seahawks play. I, I bought this up to three minus one twenty. The Seahawks taking on the Bengals. I get it. The Bengals uh, Burrow looked better last week, but Seahawks are coming off rest here. They're coming off a bye, and I just will go back to what our brains purge or don't tend to purge more specifically when we watch NFL games. People will go, oh, they, Cincinnati crushed Arizona. They won by 14. Yeah, well, if the Cardinals get that fourth and one at the end of the third quarter, they're leading. And they didn't. And it was different from that point forward. And they were kind of gassed. I'll take, the, I'll take the three. I'll take the three to take my chances with the Seahawks in this game. Yeah, I'm I think, right there with you on this one. Yeah. I, I, I kind of think actually this Wait. I think we, we bet it wrong, or I bet it wrong. I'm not going to speak for you. I think we should just be taking the money line. I actually think this is either hmm. a... Interesting. A, either we're really right about this, oh, or, or Burrow is yeah, that's a good call. way healthier, and he yeah. is way more of what a lot of people out there think he what looked like last week, which is a lot more healthier, and he's given another week, and we might be dead wrong. But yeah, I actually think we probably should just bet the money line. And this, this last one is, is a teaser, and I apologize for this, because when we did our teaser segment yesterday... And we were very clear, like, okay, these are not in pocket yet, but this is what I'm thinking on a teaser. I said at that time, Bears, Commodores. And I just started thinking about it yesterday when we were doing the Megapod. I'm like, no, here's the thing. The Bears catching eight and a half on the six-point teaser, right? Two and a half point dogs to the Vikings. The Vikings never beat anybody by more than one score. And now they're without Justin Jefferson. I will happily take the Bears on one leg at plus eight, eight and a half. But I switched off the Commodores just because I just, I don't know. Do they probably cover the eight and a half? Yeah. Um, 
but do I feel a little more, this is famous last words. I was about to say, do I feel a little more comfortable taking the Chargers plus the eight and a half Monday night against the Cowboys? Somehow I do. And I bet it. And that's also kind of like the, does Minnesota ever beat anybody by more than one score? Do the Chargers ever lose to anybody by more than one score? Yeah. Whether it's Dallas or not, kind of not for all the uh, folks who like to knock Brandon Staley. Um, I think the Chargers are, uh, listen, they're in my top 10 power rank teams as well. And so I got the, what do I have? The Cowboys at seven and the Chargers at 10, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm taking the eight and a half with the Chargers. So the Bears and Chargers both catching eight and a half is my teaser. Yeah, that one's tempting. Uh, I haven't bet it yet, but it is definitely tempting. That Chargers leg is a, a, as a teaser leg here this week. Um, for everything that I bet, well, quick news real quick. Daniel Jones has been ruled out for this week. To Rod, uh, so to Rod, to Rod Taylor. Taylor getting the nod. Uh, mo- that's Monday night, right? Yeah. And I guess I begs the question then again, as we, you know, what's coming. What's the difference in a point spread between Daniel Jones and Terod Taylor? So I would say zero. Me too. I would say zero as well. And market reactions about a half point. Half We're up point. to uh, about 15. Bill's 15 pretty much. Half everywhere. a point is the answer to the yeah. current market. So, uh, yeah, for my bets for the week, Ravens, Niners, Moneyline, Parlay. Again, this I got it. This is at plus 102. I may, I bet this when they were like Niners 5. We were sitting here two mornings ago, and it was kind of just tracking some of this Deshaun Watson news where I thought it was going the way it was going. Um, so played that there. Also played the under in that game a couple days ago at 38 and a half, a little bit less now. Um, Seahawks were on that same side together. And then the teaser, I did commanders and Texans. I really do. I like that Texans, uh, leg this week. I think that is my favorite, uh, teaser leg this week. And I am my favorite bet. I made this on Sunday, right on the opening numbers, or is this Patriots Raiders under 43? I'm not, a, I'm not a huge totals better. You know, we've talked a couple times, Gil. I feel like I bet so many less teasers through five weeks that I typically do in the NFL. Yeah. And I've bet way more totals than what I typically do. Why, in the NFL. Do you have a theory as to why no, that is? I don't know. It just is. Don't know. Just is. Yeah. Just is. And we'll, it, I feel it, that way too about teasers. And I kind of keep expecting it to change. You yeah. know what I mean? But it's, you know, I'll, I'll do often what Matt does too. Or if, if there's one leg, I tie in a bunch into, I just don't know how many le- teaser legs there's been this year that I've loved, loved. And I think that's probably the biggest reason why. So it's mainly, it's usually just been like one-ish per week for me. But yeah, that Patriots Raiders under, it's like, I got 43. It's like 41 and a half right now. I would still, I, I still like the under in that game. I mean, what have you seen out of this Patriots offense? <laughs> or I mean, or, or the, the Raiders, Raiders offense. I mean, yeah. both these offenses are just absolutely horrific. Uh, you're getting under 40, 41 and a half. I think that's still a good You going to watch every play of that game? Hell no. <laughs> this is a game you are not required <laughs> to watch every play of. Um, and you went, you went 49ers, Browns under 38 and a half as well. Com- Commodores, Texans is your teaser. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. But I, I okay. mean, that's one. If I like the te- I, I like, Texas, is my favorite leg this week. I, I'm not going to go tied into a bunch, but I think you could go Texans, Chargers, Texans, Bears. I think those are all, all good teasers this week. Um. We did the Survivor segment earlier this week. If you were still involved in Survivor, it's impossible now. We're getting to the point where you're already too many weeks removed where you can't say it. With me only one week removed, I could say the team that I would have taken, because I had it planned out this week, was... I think Miami was my one this week because I had I got I got frisky with it with the Commodores. If that had gotten through, I would have gone Miami. This I, week. I think we could still though yeah. 
I mean, this is a. I mean, use Rams if you got them available, right? Like that right. would be my. Oh no, no, that's. Uh, I would have yeah. probably. That's right. I would have probably changed it up. What I was saying earlier was, if I had gotten the Commodores through, I would have tried to continue to make it a better entry in terms of its power rating by taking the Rams again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Drew loves that bet this week too. Laying the points, he does. He loves the Rams. All right, uh, we've done all we can do. Good luck with all your plays, whether it's uh, week six in the NFL. Sorry you had to wait till Sunday for baseball and the WNBA. Great scheduling for both of those sports. Uh, good luck with all your week six bets. Best bets is next. Enjoy from VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You ever get the feeling the city walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating your soul? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe chase some elk, fish a private stream. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there, and finding your own piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, location, the kind of hunting or fishing you dream of. Land.com. It's where the adventure begins.